Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast celebration of the wondrous spectacle that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, an old-school, long-term fan of Eurovision. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest past. Do you feel like you're learning? Uh, yeah, let's say yes. Let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you arrived at episode two. Well done. You came back. Thank you. We can't guarantee that. But also, I find with podcasts, often there's a first episode and then that's it. You never get anything more. Mm. But we've actually got a second episode. We intend to continue. Thank you for all those people who retweeted or liked or just engaged and just noticed that we were there. I guess we need to say that like, we intend to get this out fortnightly. We do. For our non-UK listeners, that's every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You're so international, Ryan. Exactly. We have not been a stranger to Madame Eurovision over the last few days, have we? No, we do like to sample the delicacies as, as much as we can, and especially when it is related to drag, yeah, as exactly. per episode one. So we have another drag queen who we'd like to do a shout out to, Amy Laquifa, who is resident drag queen at Missing Bar in Birmingham. I don't know whether you know the Birmingham gay scene, but there's like one street where it's safe to be gay. <laughs> and that's where we were last night. Yep. And we had a great time dancing along with Amy to... Well, we need to say that she hosts the cabaret every Friday night. Gosh. So catch her on Friday nights. Wow. She went on at 11 o'clock this week. Yeah. But make sure you get there from at least nine o'clock where <laughs> she DJs first. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, so she played, well, she performed, she performed at live vocals, nonetheless. Je me casse by Destiny. And we've seen her do it before. She's so good. Yeah. I could, I happily see that every Friday, quite honestly. Well, totally. And she, for, she knows the crowd doesn't know that song. And she gets them behind it she with a little like, yeah. wrist action on the do, chorus. Do, 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 do. Which All of that. is just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan. For those people who maybe curiously have arrived at episode two, not having heard episode one, could we have a reminder of the structure of this this show we like to call a podcast? We can do, but we should really just tell them and go and listen to episode one first. Okay. But maybe once they've done that, and then they're back here. They're back in the room. They're back in the room, and this is what's going to happen. <laughs> so the first three tracks that we're going to play yeah. are Time Locked, to different periods in Eurovision history. And they are the 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and 80s and earlier. But that's not <laughs> the end of it, is it? What else do we have? So then we're going to go into a second set of three songs. Yeah. A UK entry that we just want to show some love to. Yeah. Our bridesmaid slot. What is the bridesmaid slot, Ryan? Well, the bridesmaid slot, which sounds <laughs> obvious enough, is sounds, always the sounds, bridesmaid, sounds, never the bride. Sounds dodgy suddenly so somehow to me. It's, well, it's something that came second. <laughs> Maybe the name of this will change. If someone can think of a better title for this selection, then we're all ears. But at the moment, it's the Bridemaids entry. Okay. And then we have the Juice Award, so named because of the glory that was the group Juice who performed I Need You in 1995 and didn't make it to the Eurovision final. So it's about those acts that really we felt they should have made it but didn't. And then we hand it over to the Randomizer. Oh, gosh. 
And that picks as a, as a song that we have no idea what's coming up. And as long as it exists on the internet, we'll give it a listen. Yeah. Last time we had 1962, a Belgian random entry from 1962. Yep. My bet this week... Oh, it's clapping already. I'm clapping like Katia. <laughs> My bet is 1989. I don't know why. Come oh, on. Can so you are we, we going to start guessing yeah, yeah, what yeah. the years might be? Oh, I would like... A later year. Well, I, would I know like, you'd like it, but what one do you think it's going to be? This isn't about liking. This is about getting in tune with fake one. Uh, 2005. Gosh, there we have it. 89, 2005. Will one of us let's, win? Let's note that down. Okay, well, good. He's got a pen and paper and everything. It's so organised here. I'm taking this very seriously. So, if you are also taking this seriously, if you're happy to be here... <laughs> Smooth. Yes, I know. <laughs> seven different Eurovision songs in seven different categories. We're all ready to go. I hope you are. It's time for us to play that familiar Eurovision anthem. Let's go! So the first song of the second episode is in that category of 2010s to the present day. And we're going to go back not far. We're going to the 2020 entry from Sweden. That year that never was. The lost year. Yeah. And, ah. the, uh, huh. <laughs> and the song is Move by the Mamas.
So that was Move from the Mammas. Wow. I mean, it's just a class performance, isn't it? I, I, I will admit it right now. I have watched that performance so many times. It was my favourite from that year, from 2020. Uh, yeah, it, powerful stuff and I love it. Yeah. I so, think... I mean, for anybody that doesn't know the Mummers, obviously they've just heard it here, but you need to picture the muses from Hercules. That was the energy that they were going for. Not officially, but that's the energy that they were giving. I know you don't do Disney movies. No, I don't even much, know so this reference, but I'm learning. I'm learning too. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the internet kind of cast them as the if there's a live action version of Hercules they want them as the muses and they've even I think they've done a little TikTok video of that as well at some point so yeah but that that's what we've got in our heads is for people that haven't seen them perform so we watched the Melody Festival and performance didn't we and I guess that was recorded in March 2020 just before all the shutters came down so it's yeah. kind of like one of those last performances in front of a huge and, crowd. And there's that one shot where they turn their backs to the crowd and walk into the stage and the camera shot is of the of the whole crowd behind them and I believe it's as they've won right. Melody Festival in. So yeah. the the crowd favourite and it's in that arena in Stockholm and just everyone's into it. They're, it's when the, the song breaks down and everyone starts clapping yeah. and you can hear it and you can hear the energy in that song. And I remember watching that as the pandemic was at like early stages of pandemic and just thinking, gosh, like a crowd like that, when is that going to return? And I mean, we're not still 100% there really no. in 2022. Yeah, I know. It's terrifying. We but, never thought it would be that long. Yeah. I just loved how confident and joyful the performance was and how com- comfortable they are in their own skin and there's a very good bozzy positivity thing going on. You know, mm. they're not stick thin and they also dress for their size and that they are like we are these women and we are strong and we there's are confident. A, there's a very are. similar Lizzo vibe to yeah. them, isn't there? There really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a genuine connection between them all. We should say who they are. Ashley Haynes, Lulu Lamott and Diana Jonas Manor. They are the three mammas. There was another mamma who left just before they hit um, stardom, so she must be pissed. <laughs> Well, she was, because we're failing to mention that they actually went to Eurovision in 2019. Oh, that was when they were four? That was when they were four. Ah. So, so, there, so there were four uh, on that performance. So that was the song Too Late for Love by, um, what was his name? Lundvik. John. That's John Lundvik. Yes. 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 And obviously that did very well. They were fifth. Uh, but they were, I remember the um, voting, They were, it was always, it was neck and neck. Yeah. So they, I, I like to imagine that even though they missed out on Eurovision, they've had that experience. They've had that. They've had that very close to tasting it and being in that yeah. Eurovision bubble that we hear so much about. Yeah, I, mean, I think everyone in that twenty twenty year, you do your heart goes out to them because they never. It's like they all dove off this really high diving board, and they got so much celebrity and excitement around that song, and then they never hit the water. And it was so close, wasn't it? Because it was one of the first things that got cancelled. Yeah, but it was only what, two months away? Yeah. And, you know, they probably would have maybe even have recorded their postcard videos. and it was just crushing. And there's so much discussion as well and debate as to who would win that year. And I don't think anyone agrees. But I remember there was about 10 songs that people felt were in the running. It was a really strong year. Yeah, well, obviously, the song that we all know the most is probably Iceland. We'd think about things. And Russia. And Russia's Little Big. Yeah. That's always... And also the um, 
what's the thing with the with the hand movements? Oh, the roop. The roop. Yes, the roop. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, and Destiny's first and and Destiny's first song from Malta. Yep, yeah, which was a great song as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many in that in the running. Anyway, that was the Mamas with Move. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody love it. <laughs> So up next, in our time-locked years, we've got 90s and noughties. And we're going back to 2006. The Ukraine entry that year was Tina Carroll singing Show Me Your Love. that was Tina Carroll with Show Me Your Love, which placed seventh back in 2006 for Ukraine. What do you think? I can see very strong Shakira vibes coming through on that performance. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I can't remember what when Shakira was doing her whenever, wherever sort of period, <laughs> but it was very inspired by that to like the looks wise and, and her as a performer. Yeah. 
So maybe she beat her to it, but, uh, you know, it was very much that. It was, wasn't it? Loads of confidence in the performance. Lots of um, little bits and pieces, like the tambourines at the end. There was the skipping. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the Cossack dancers, they were kind of dressed up as, mm, weren't they? The yes. five backup dancers. And she was in a white dress with a red band and thigh-high boots. And there's a sort of national costume vibe going on in terms of the colours and... I don't actually know what the Ukrainian national <laughs> costume is. I'm sure it's not such a short miniskirt, but it's certainly those sort of colours and feels, I think. Well, all we know about nations, we learn from Eurovision. So, yeah, this, exactly. so we're assuming that this is our baseline now. Yeah. Now, what you liked particularly was when she did the big note. Oh, yeah. So a nice, big, strong, powerful, long note. And all the backing dancers disappeared from the stage. Yeah. And she was front and centre, a really nice long pan out from her to show the whole size of the arena. But she was on the stage on her own. Yeah. And then as that note finished, they all came running back in. And that just felt really nice. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So to give you a bit of a background on Tina Carroll, born Tatiana Hiravina Lieberman a Ukrainian singer, actress, and TV presenter. And I believe she's a mentor on The Voice. It's called over there, it's called The Voice of Ukraine. And she's also been a judge at the Ukrainian National Selection. She's very much a part of the Ukraine music industry. We like her a lot. <laughs> to give you an idea of how she's an important figure in Ukraine, even like 13 years after the contest, Tina was included in the list of the 100 most influential Ukrainians. Nice. Yeah. So that was Tina Carroll. And now for our next time locked years, the 50s to the 80s. Gosh. And for this, we're going back to a song that I really, really loved. Back in like my sort of peak Eurovision time, I was 14 and I was like, oh God, I love this song. It's going to do so well. I think I watched, there were Sunday previews of right. what the songs were going to be from each contest. I think this is the time of the Sunday previews. And <laughs> I saw this song and thought, this is going to do amazingly well. Did it? Not quite so well as I thought. Spoilers. This, I, sorry. <laughs> this is Frizzle Sizzle with Alice Hift in Ritma. Representing the Netherlands. Oh, God. In 
So that was Frizzle Sizzle. What do you think? Wow. <laughs> that was so 80s that it couldn't have got more 80s if it tried. The amount of back-teased hair <laughs> fill, filled with hairspray. I assume they were called Frizzle Shizzle Sizzle sizzle because of what would happen if they went near uh, an open flame. Open flames, yeah, yeah. Very dangerous, yeah. So they were, they were a four-piece band. They were a girl group of the 80s. And the four members of the group were Karen Vlasblom, Laura Vlasblom, sisters, Mandy Hudes, and Marion Keller. So what we're talking about is an 80s bewitched vibe. Yeah, but they started off earlier. They were like a children's choir band originally. It sounds horrendous. Um, and then they really hit the big time when they presented um, at Eurovision. But don't you think it was good? Don't you think, like, have you seen some of the 80s crap that we've watched at Eurovision? Don't you think there's an element of, <laughs> it like, was it was fun. original? It was fun. They, I mean, that was a horrible kind of way to describe it. But, you know, <laughs> they were having fun up there. <laughs> like like Willem would say, did you have fun up did there? Did you have fun up there? <laughs> but it was, you know, it was joyful. They were playful. There was an energy to it. I hate the shows back then when the audience are, like, not wanting to be there whatsoever. Yeah, and they're just in their black tie and yeah oh. I, and all, all just sat down and no, no no engagement or interest yeah it's like their poker face on purpose yeah can we but, talk about their costumes so they're all in sleeveless blouses and large voluminous skirts as ryan said they've got big big hairsprayed hair <laughs> and big earrings as well very pat butcher they're all barefooted they've got a really good clean dance routine they know exactly what they're doing they're mm. going to move their hips around they keep swinging their arms and they do the Sort of hands in the air business as well. One hand moving around. I know you can't see me doing this on the podcast, but I'm doing that hand movement right now. Sort of Bananarama sort of... Meets Bollywood. Yeah. Sort of thing. That sort of... Very, very much that. Yeah. So, I, you don't know where they came. I want you to guess what position Frizzle Sizzle came out of 20 that year. Oh, well, you said you thought it was going to do well. So yeah. I'm going to say bottom end, maybe bottom three. No, it wasn't that bad. Rude. <laughs> it was 13th out of 20, but it only received 40 points. I thought it was flipping amazing. I was really furious. I was like, this is top five, mm. top three. And it was one of those nights where I was like, oh, this is what Eurovision's like, where the one you really like doesn't do well. And yeah, that was kind of one of my first tastes of, oh, Oh, other people are boring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, I mean, what won that night? I think it was um, Sandra Kim with, with Gemma La Vie, which is a dreadful song on lots of, <laughs> on lots of counts, really, if we're honest. So, yeah, that, so the winner that year was Sandra Kim with Gemma La Vie, who was famously far too young to have entered the competition and lied about her age when she won. A very mediocre UK entry this year, who it was seventh. And just loads of stuff that wasn't very good. What was good was Fizzle Sizzle <laughs> and Alice Heeft Ritmer. They will forever be remembered, even if only on this podcast. Exactly. That's yeah. what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Basic Bitch Ryan here, just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at eurovisionqueens. 
and on Twitter we are EuroQueensPod. Now back to the show. Next up is our UK entries. And this time we're going back to 1999. Do you know what that is that year? Are you a big enough Eurovision fan that you instantly know? Well, 1999, Andy, was precious with Say It Again. Say it again, Andy. Say it again. would say it again yes and we just watched them perform on that night in jerusalem in 1999 a very pink and purpley stage they were wearing white and silver what did you think of their performance oh that's a tough one because i know the song and i like the song yeah the performance was a little bit a little bit rough a little bit too much like There was obviously some sort of mic imbalance because you felt they were over singing didn't you well i kind of i feel that there's a 
I know that there are five piece, but there's a very much a lead vocalist and then the rest are backing vocalists. And when they all come in together, they they're all shouting over each other a bit mm. too much for me. For me. For me. Yeah. So precious were Anya Lahiri, Callie Clark Sternberg, Louise Rose, Sophie McDonnell, and Jenny Frost. Jenny Frost being the most famous of the five. Uh, she went on to replace Kerry Katona in Atomic Kitten for several years after Precious disbanded. But what we really need to talk about is the amazing Precious album that came out. This is one of those bands who were way better than they needed to be to appear at Eurovision. And singing live is hard. And mm. most girl groups or any group of the time struggle to sing live. And, you know, they weren't the best live. But honestly, that album is the bloody... And I, I think to to place it in terms of UK pop music, yeah, we were sort of in a renaissance of girl bands. Yeah, we were. And maybe the market was a little too saturated, yeah. but I feel like time has kind of remembered them kindly. I think so. Um, I mean, you've got songs like Rewind, It's Gonna Be My Way, New Beginning, all brilliant songs. Mm. In fact, I can play the album and I sing along to all the tracks and mm. I, I don't know what the songs are called, but... So I, I can hear Rewind in my head. Yeah. I, so good. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, you can hear a bit of it now. Let me show you everything that could be All the love that's in me When we're again Oh my baby I can deny Just what you mean to me Words can describe It's all in my heart The more I try To live individually Something tells me Take it back in time So, Precious, yeah, I don't think they were best served by Eurovision. They placed 12th, equal 12th that year. And the winner that year we'll come back to later. Ooh, gosh. Tease. Our next song is in our Bridesmaid Award category. Those second place songs that were so good that we want to share them with you again. Remember, yeah, they were good. Maybe they should have won. So who have we got? So we've got The Sound of Silence by... Danny Im, who represented Australia in 2016. Growing tired and weary brown eyes Trying to feel your love through FaceTime Symphonies are dreams Highlights caught up in this crazy fast life But baby, you're not here with me And I keep calling, calling, keep calling Never makes sense 
So we've just watched Danny Eames' amazingly powerful performance of Sound of Silence at the Eurovision final back in 2016. Yeah, that was a performance in a massive arena with a big old crowd. Everyone was into it. There was so much power in there. and Yeah, she's, she's a diminutive pop singer. Um, <laughs> and she was there on that pedestal um, with her, commanding everything with a giant voice and in a gorgeous sparkly dress. Were they rhinestones or crystals? I don't they were expensive. They were expensive. She was <laughs> but she was on that stage on her own, filling it. And it, it just uh, that's the kind of performance I really love to see. Yeah, really classy, really confident, and just commanding the whole arena. It was a bit of a weird moment where you've got the graphics overlaid and it's like some sort of early Tinder going on when she's, <laughs> she's like swiping. swiping a few things left and right in a couple... Random faces. And it is pop men. Up. It's, it's faces yeah. of men. Yeah. So she's clearly trying to date whilst <laughs> performing Eurovision, which is multitasking. Well, when you're in a new city, you're gonna <laughs> yes. scope out the talent. I I'm suppose, talking about being in a new city. I will forever remember going into a coffee shop in Melbourne, Australia, and it felt only fitting as I walked into my first coffee shop in Australia. The Sound of Silence was being played, right. and it was just like, yes, this is right, and they like their Eurovision here. Um, this was the second time that Australia had competed in Eurovision. The first year had been with Guy Sebastian in 2015. And that was meant to be just a one-off. Oh, this is a bit of fun. Let's have Australia here. But um, then Jono Lassan decided, no, let's have them every year because they're such good competitors. And so it proved. Mm. And I think no one's done as well as Danny. This is second place. Yes. And had a massive 511 points, um, only beaten by Ukraine, by Jamala. And everyone was getting ready to pack their bags and go to Australia the next year. Yeah, but I think that's what happens. I think it's got to be still in the European time zone. So I don't know exactly what happens in that situation. It's a bit like what's happening now because Ukraine can't host. So, yes, a bit about Danny. Um, She won the fifth season of The X Factor Australia. And I believe her mentor was Danny Minogue. 
little fact for you there. Wow. That's not even on the Wikipedia page. That's just wow. a, a fact I'm giving you for off, free. Off the top of your head. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, I remember her being interviewed at the time and being really supportive of this person. I think she was trying to get a bit of the limelight, I guess. But <laughs> her being Danny. Yes. Oh, Danny and Danny. Oh, no, it's Dammy, isn't it? Dammy and Danny. I don't know. Yes. I'm getting a bit confused. No, it definitely <laughs> is. Definitely is Danny, Danny and Dammy. So... That was a glorious second place that no one can take away from her, and we'll remember that song forever. And I feel that like that's one of the songs that sort of cemented Australia in the competition. Yeah, like they're here, they take it seriously. Yeah, and they deserve to be in the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, moving on, and now to the Juice Award. Gosh. That award, that special accolade for those acts that didn't get to Eurovision, but perhaps should have done. I'm creating a little sound for this award. So Are we going to hear that sound now? Yes. I need you to go to, to Eurovision. Eurovision. Okay. <laughs> should it therefore be called the I Need You Award? No, it's still the Juice no, Award. No, it's the Juice Award because their Juice legacy needs to... Run deep through this podcast. Okay. <laughs> they they did, after all, pave the way, didn't they? They did. <laughs> so, this time, we're <clears throat> going to put the spotlight on someone. Was, was she being a bit greedy? Because she won in 1999. Charlotte Pirelli, the winner in Jerusalem. We heard Precious <laughs> from earlier from the same contest. Take Me to Your Heaven. But we much prefer this song that represented Sweden at Melody Festival in two or three years ago. Two years ago. 2021. Yeah. Well, you see, he knows. He knows. He's on this. This is... Charlotte Pirelli with Still Young.
How much do we love that? We love that so much. Why do we love that? Well, I mean, for me, which I've said a lot too much today, <laughs> I really, this was the first year that I watched Melody Festival in. So this was my introduction to the competition. And this was me at my very early basic bitch education of Eurovision. And I remember this one was on the first episode and I didn't even know who Charlotte Pirelli was. No. And I just, as soon as this song started, I just felt something yeah. deep inside me <laughs> yeah. that resonated with this. Yeah. And I remember, like, when it finished... It was your big gay heart. That's what that was. was <laughs> yeah, it was my big gay heart beat into this. But I remember afterwards, like, because I think you were watching a film or something that night, and I yeah. was like, this was so good. I, this was really good. And then you... I think then you filled me in on who, who she was. She was, and I was like, "Oh, I could feel that she is. She's another Eurovision queen, not just us. Move them to the bus aside. <laughs> she is the Eurovision queen, Charlotte Pirelli, winner in 1999. She came back to the contest in 2008 with Hero, which again should have done a lot better than it did. It didn't even get through the semi-final. She was the jury wildcard that year, Ooh. but they put her through regardless. Controversial. I know." But she only got 12 points from the UK. UK voted 12 points to Charlotte Pirelli. They know class when they see it. For Hero. For Hero, yeah. Rightfully so. It, since for since my education in Charlotte Pirelli, <laughs> I am a convert of Hero you also. You are, aren't you? And we danced to that in Sweden, didn't we? Did we dance to this one as well when we were there? I don't... Or is it just our ambition to dance to this in a club? I think it's our ambition to. Our connection to Charlotte since then is that, I mean, this is a very weak connection. So this is going to be a tenuous connection that isn't really Tenuous connection. connection that doesn't exist to anyone but the two of us was that one night that we went out in Stockholm and we were just about to leave yeah. that bar. The secret garden the bar. The secret garden bar because it just didn't feel right and we weren't sure about the place and we were sat outside There's and then lots of ABBA going on wasn't there which is inevitable in Sweden I think well in any gay club apparently yes but we just I just heard a tiny little bit of Hero and I was like I know this song and we went in and we danced and we had then a big Eurovision night party we did we got adopted by this lesbian couple didn't we one of them liked us and one of them didn't yeah, and they gave us shots. They gave us drinks. <laughs> so we liked them very much. I think she's a school teacher in Stockholm. Anyway, Charlotte Pirelli with Still Young. The performance that she gave at Melody Festival and with four backing... Well, they're not dancers. They're kind of models, really, because they strut around, catwalking all over the place. Two mm. guys, two women. And it's just amazing. They kind of vogue a little bit. And there's a point where the camera turns to the side. Oh, I love and it. And they're strutting. And that is the moment. A side strut. The... Hands as a crown, yes, crowns, sort of crowns, thing going queens. on. Yeah. Yes. Yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> a very worthy entry in the category of the Juice Award. Charlotte Pirelli, all hail, our Eurovision queen. All hail. Right. So here we go. We're strapping in for the randomizer. Now, I'm really interested because this has not happened um, 
how we planned it in the sense that all of these acts so far have been women. Not one male voice. Oh, gosh. I didn't even pick up on that. No, I didn't. I mean, it's not entirely surprising given, no, given yes. our <laughs> taste in music. Our Eurovision queen status. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be interesting to see if the randomizer decides to put a spoke in the wheel or at least a, a dick in the wheel with, <laughs> with a male singer. I imagine we maybe will call the episode the girl power episode or something. If... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> entirely possible. We've had quite a few girl groups. Right. So and Andy's firing up. I am. The... I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click the button. And we, we've already... So I, my prediction was 2005, yours was 89. Yeah, let's go for it. So let's see what happens. 1999! So we're going back to 99. We've already talked about two of the songs. What happens if we get Charlotte Pirelli or Precious? We can't play that. We, we, have, well, to, we, we have to run it again, don't we? We have to run it... Well, we're, the, the year is locked in. Maybe what we do is a stickler for the rules. So <laughs> we're making these rules off as we go, but maybe we need to pick three options. Well, let's just try it first of all. Yep, so we're going to try it. We're just figuring out how many songs there were on the night. Wikipedia is a mess for this sort of information. You'd think it would be easier to figure out. So, from one, one to 23. To 23. 21. 21. Which is Germany. Germany. With the group... Surprise, singing Rise Nach Jerusalem. Kudusa Seat. I'm sure we'll find out what that means shortly. How did you know it was a group? Because I remember them. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's
Okay, so that was the group Surprise, a six-member German-Turkish musical group that came third in 1999. Wow. Is that all you've got to say? That's all I've got to say, where we've got Precious in 12th place <laughs> and that in third place. Thankfully, we have Charlotte in first place. Oh, we do. But, yeah. Goodness me. What I liked was Terry Wogan's commentary um, as he introduced the song, a blatant attempt to curry favour with the locals. <laughs> <laughs> so the song was sung in German, Turkish and English. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's the German entry and it's a song about Israel and Jerusalem. And is this like saying peace conquers all? And I don't know. It's just a kind of interesting thing, isn't it? Mm, it's um. I mean, def- you said you said, is it cultural appropriation? Well, yeah. I feel like whenever I have to ask, is this cultural appropriation? Kind of, yeah. That maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> um, surrounded by controversy, the German entries this this year, the national selection process. Because the original winner was Corinna May, who went on to perform um, for Germany in another year, famously blind singer. But she, her song won, but it discovered it had been released before, so she was disqualified. But then Surprise were all, almost also disqualified as well, because their song was felt to be similar to another composition by the composer Ralph Siegel, famous Eurovision composer Ralph Siegel. I can't believe we've, we've not mentioned him in our opening episode, he composed that many Eurovision songs. But that song was called Where Does the Journey Go by Harmony 4 in 1984. But the EBU thought, no, it's sufficiently different. It's okay. They can go ahead. But lots of controversy. And I think controversy particularly around the result here, third place. (laughs) (laughs) Given, I mean, it's, 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 it's okay. It's. It's okay, and it's a uh, from another time, I suppose. It, is another time. it felt quite old-fashioned, didn't it? it Feel quite seventies and eighties. Well, but then the winner of that of that year of Charlotte Pirelli was also a bizarre time warp. It was. Entry, it was kind of abarasque eighties. Yeah. Yes. So it was a weird year, ninety-nine. It was a weird jukebox year of decades all over the place. And I felt like that was the. The funeral of the old contest, 1999. It was the last one where there was a big hall with everyone in suits. And then 2000 is when we went to, to Sweden to Sweden, and it, <laughs> with the birth of the auditorium and all of that stuff. Mm. Yes. The problem, not auditorium, the stadium. Arena. Arena, thank you. It's the <laughs> word I was struggling for, that difficult word, arena. So we've reached the end of another episode. And we had some male voices in there in the end, didn't we? But I still think we'll call it a girl power episode. I think it's definitely a girl power episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's going to be the last girl power episode <laughs> yeah, either, to the be The first fair. of many. The first of many. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so please join us again for Eurovision Queens. We'll be back with more Eurovision mayhem next time. Yeah. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Oh, all the socials. You know what to do. You've got Eurovision Queens um, um, on Instagram. On Instagram, we you, are Eurovision. Euro po- <laughs> what are we on Twitter? <laughs> Let me say it. <laughs> We're on Eurovisionqueens Pod on Twitter, and our email address is Eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. So if we're taking any suggestions. We are. Can you please get in touch? Please get in touch with us. Otherwise, we just feel like we're flicking crumbs into a black hole. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us. Tell us what you like. Come say hi. Yes. That sounded a bit creepy. <laughs> Didn't say send us photos. I just said come say hi. Okay, fair enough. I've been Andy. I've been Ryan. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.